0: always when i was doing saturday night live like if i did sally o'malley and i was like ladies and gentlemen i like to kick stretch and kick we tend to think of comedy like rhythm like good has like a timing to it almost musical
1: actress comedian molly shannon today on now we've heard everything i'm Buell thompson While she may be best known for her six seasons of work on Saturday Night Live and her numerous television and movie roles, Molly Shannon is also a mom and also a children's book author. I met her in 2011 when she wrote a book called Tilly the Trickster. Now, it's a book intended for younger children, and it's about a little girl who plays tricks on everybody, including her brother and her classmates and things. Is there a little bit of Molly Shannon and Tilly the Trickster? I wondered. Mm, well, oh, and also listen to the very end of this interview to find out how Molly Shannon met Will Ferrell in real life. It's a surprising story. So here now, from two thousand eleven, Molly Shannon. Was there a Molly the Trickster? I mean, was this is this you?
0: Well, I I didn't initially set out for it to be to be. Uh, based on me exactly, but yes, there is a trick in the book where Tilly tricks her schoolmates and she tells them the bus already came. And I really did do that in real life. It was shortly after my mom died and my sister and I were living with my aunt and I was waiting for the bus for kindergarten. And I told the kids, Oh yeah, the bus already came. And they believed me and I was delighted. And they all started walking to school. And then I waited for the bus and I got it all by myself. And then I, I, we drove by them and I waved. Hi. (laughs) I was delighted. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. That's, that's kind of a benign trick, as most of the tricks that Tilly pulls are.
0: Yeah. I never pulled any. No no serious tricks. But my dad was really wild growing up. He loved disguises and we put on wigs. And he was the kind of guy who would go into a candy store and say, like, let's pretend like we're blind. And he'd go, oh, and he'd pretend like I can't see the candy. And he'd knock over boxes. And he was very silly and um, playful.
1: Well, you got to have some of that because, you know, as you've pointed out, uh, you were talking with another journalist. You said, you know, your kids get the have to be quiet and listen and sit up straight all day long. Why not have some? fun.
0: Exactly. I volunteer at my kid's school, and there's so many kids. So, so much of the time, teachers are like, you know, stop looking this, and you know, or put two hands in the air. There's just so because they, they have to keep them in order. But when I volunteer, I'll do silly stuff just to loosen the kids up. Like I'll be like, all right, you have to follow me, and you have to walk like this, and I'll be like, I will really swing my hips, and they go crazy. They love it. But I feel like in order to really focus, you have to let your energy out, and then you can settle down. But I feel like too much of school is too rigid, and I think play is just as important as the hard studying work I think they're equally important you
1: know Tilly does go a little bit too far though doesn't she
0: she does go a little too far. She gives her brother a cookie, um, filled with a toothpaste middle. She takes the regular vanilla ice and puts toothpaste in it. And her brother gets a little sick to his stomach, just a little. So he spits it out and she realizes at that point that maybe she took it too far. So I had to put that in there for little kids so that there's a little bit of a lesson. But then she really, so she kind of feels bad for a little bit, but then she's, she really can't stop tricking.
1: <laughs> Did you know how the book was going to end when you started it?
0: No, I didn't. I just knew that she would be a trickster and I didn't know because I've never written a kid's book. I just kind of started it and I wasn't sure how it was going to end. And I didn't want it to be too, like, too much of a big moral to ending or wrapping it up too much because I think. You know, some of the books that I love are like, you know, James and the Giant Peach. I like Darker. I tend to like that. But you have to be careful, too, because people are much more serious now. And they get afraid, oh, what if, you know, kids did these tricks or it got too well. But in all honesty, I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. And the stuff that they think of is very innocent, you know. So, you know, I wasn't too worried.
1: Punching a hole in dad's paper cup. That's, that's kind of benign.
0: Yeah. Kind of benign. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Do I, would I be correct in gathering that writing a children's book is harder than reading one or harder than maybe harder than you thought it would be?
0: It is because you have to tell the story in a very short period of time. And um, because I read to my kids every night when well, my husband and I read to them, I also um, didn't want a book that's so text-heavy. Where Because a lot of times as a parent, you get kind of out of breath if they're too If they haven't been edited enough, you get like, ugh, I don't want to read that one. And sometimes you skip sections because you're reading a lot to your kids and You get sort of kind of a sore throat and so I wrote it in a way that's fun to read where you can kind of perform it and you don't get out of breath. So I wrote it from a performer's point of view.
1: I was going to say, did you read it out loud as you were writing it? I
0: did. I read it orally because I, always when I was doing Saturday Night Live, like if I did Sally O'Malley and I was like, ladies and gentlemen, I like to kick, stretch and kick. There's a melody and a rhythm to it. Conan O'Brien said this in an interview. He said, he feels like all comedians have a very musical background usually. We tend to think of comedy like rhythm, like good. It has like a timing to it, almost musical. So I did try to do that with the characters like, Mr. and Mrs. Callahan, your daughter Tilly is quite the little trickster. And you know, so I write it like that. So it's fun to say it. And you have a great illustrator. Isn't he great? I'm so glad. Art Hoyt, our amazing illustrator. I I know, isn't he great?
1: Captured (laughs) all the nuances of each of your characters' faces.
0: Oh, good. Thank you. I know. And it has a kind of a little bit of an old fashioned feel too, I think you know yeah
1: yeah did you I was gonna mm-hmm. say did you have anything? I know one reviewer kind of harkened back to the, the little rascals and that kind mm-hmm. of thing Did you have anything in particular in mind when you were thinking of the story? I did love the little rascals. I grew up loving that,
0: but no, it was really based on my little kids when i sometimes I tell them stories at night, and I tell them this story in real life about a big Irish family called the Maloneys, and they have ten kids, and basically. They're always asking, tell us a Maloney story, tell us a Maloney story. And I run out of stories, so I have to think of all these adventures. And um, one of the st- versions of the story they love are when the brothers and sisters play tricks on one another. So really that's where the idea from the idea of tricks came, but I just needed to make the book less crowded.
1: Yeah. Well, there's room for sequels. Too many.
0: Yeah, exactly. But initially it was, it was ten kids, and I ended up just making it a brother and sister.
1: Yeah. All right, now it's time in the exam for the essay question. Okay. C- compare and contrast – Remember those those compare and contrast Uh, compare and contrast the kind of satisfaction you get with writing a children's book it's finished and you have an audience of four and five and six year olds versus a live studio audience and a live television audience in the millions late night what kind of how's the satisfaction that you get from those different.
0: Well they're very different I would say with a live show like Saturday night live you have instant feedback as to how something's being received this is much different because you don't you don't know and you know it's one thing for an adult to review it but my main thing is like do kids like it and what do they like and what do they say after the book and do they understand it and what part do they like and what part of it? that's really what I'm most interested in so because that's you know just it's just getting out there I'm starting to hear feedback but it's not as instant as the feedback as, as a live performance and also the comedy is different it's much more innocent than adult comedy. What kids think is funny is very simple and it's very different for little kids. But because I have kids, I have an understanding of that. Yeah.
1: And yours is, your, your book is not really for the parents because all these inside jokes and puns and double yeah. entendres with the masquerades is a children's book.
0: No, you know what's so funny? It is not that. Well, my kids don't understand that kind of stuff. So, no, I wrote it purely for kids because I know that's fun to read when you're an adult and they throw that stuff in for adults, but that goes over my kids' head. So I don't, no, they don't, they don't understand that stuff. So I wrote it simply for children. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also, you got a whole room full of children. So I don't want to, I don't want to oh. hold you up much further, but I did want to ask you one quick question. You were at the Kennedy Center last night for yes. Will Ferrell. That must have been a blast. Oh my God. It was so much fun. It was like
0: Conan O'Brien and Jack Black and Ben Stiller and Matthew Broderick and Adam McKay. We all did give speeches for Will. Everybody was nervous though. You'd be surprised. I had some of the biggest comics, you know, but we all get nervous, you know, but it was, it was really such a special night for Will and. So many people are so happy for a success. You know, I said in my speech that a lot of people are like, what's Will like in real life? Is he like the characters he plays? And I was like, no, he's actually very shy, kind of quiet, very intelligent and much more serious than you would expect.
1: You were a waitress when you met him. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, how'd you know that? I read it in the post. You in the Washington post? Get out. I was a waitress. I mean, I was a comedian, but, um, well, oh, I got to get a copy of that. Is it in today's paper? Yes. I'll take a look. Yeah, I was um, I was waiting tables, but I was also doing comedy. And we had a mutual friend who thought we would get along. So she was like, yeah, there's this guy, Will, who's at the Groundlings. And I think you two would get along great. So she brought him into my restaurant where I was working. And we hit it off immediately. He was like, Miss, can I have some water? And I was like, sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if you know. Re- no, he remembers that, I think.
1: Molly Shannon is 56 now. It still appears regularly on television and in movies. Would you do me a favor? If you liked today's episode, would you tell a friend about Now I've Heard Everything? We post new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, he was one-fourth of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. My 2002 interview... With Graham Nash. His greatest dream was to attend the, the soccer cup oh. final at Wembley Stadium. He never made it. So when Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young played Wembley Stadium in a concert, the first thing I did was go down onto the field and start kicking the ball around for my dad. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.